What's up, everyone? Right. Welcome to the CWT Business Audio Show. So we have an amazing guest today. We have a business developer, Jade Stanley. Jade, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I feel like you have a lot to teach me, myself, and then everyone listening. Like, I've been checking out your stuff. I met you on Twitter. And basically, you're really incredible. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. What I want to know is, what's your story? Like, how did you get to the position that you're in right now? I I started by giving back. And through my volunteer service, I was able to find out what my passion was by trying different things. And then ultimately being able to, um, you know, work in that career field. That's actually awesome. When you were first getting started, like working, you said you started working for nonprofits at first? Yes, I did. Um, I started with uh, American Cancer Society and their Making Strides Against Breast Cancer campaign. It was motivated because my mother um, had breast cancer. She is a, a survivor and um, it was motivated specifically to help um, build the awareness and help women in need through the American Cancer Society. That's actually amazing. Thank you so much for doing that. When you were first getting, like, when you were first getting started, how'd you figure out this is what you wanted to do? And then, like, when you started, you said it was like your passion that, like, you basically you were able to do many different things, and you found out what you were passionate in. That's actually incredible that you had that opportunity and that you've done so well with it. Yes, um, I actually started because they just asked for some volunteer help. And I said, well, you know, I'll give it a shot. I would not have told you when I was in my teens or even early 20s that I would be running an event company today. It wasn't a dream. Um, I didn't really know what I love to do. I worked for a bank at the time when I started. Um, I was 22 years old. And at the time I was, um, you know, working, helping people's accounts and didn't love it, but said, hey, you know what, let me network and get out there and see what causes need things. I think it's a great opportunity for any aspiring entrepreneur. If you can give your time for free to something and you wind up enjoying it, even though you're not getting paid to do it, you should totally pursue it um, hardcore and move forward with trying it out in helping multiple um, networks. So I know people, for instance, they got into social media marketing because they started with nonprofits. Um, I know people who worked with young kids and they were um, doing like fitness activities and they figured out, hey, I like working with kids and how can I develop a program that people can utilize my services? And so I think like any time that you're willing to you know, take the time and give some of your time for free because time is money too. You end up learning what you dislike and what you like. So one thing for sure I disliked, which I, I don't love social media, um, is that I helped them with their social media accounts, but I didn't quite like it. And then I moved on to helping them with their events. And I fell in love with organizing and leading people and helping connect resources to people through the event industry. I feel like you kind of just hit the nail on the head with talking about um, working for free at first. That's one thing that the more I talk with different entrepreneurs and the more, you know, I learn from others is like something everyone goes back on is like initially 
like initially you may have to work for free, which kind of goes against, like, I feel like for a lot of people, they don't like hearing that, mm-hmm. but like, there's so much value in working for free and like building connections. And I know that's something else that you were touching on was like the net, like the opportunities, like good networking brought for you. Mm-hmm. What was your networking strategy? Like, how did you go about it just by working with like different nonprofits and getting in touch with different people? Yeah, I did. I um, researched once I realized that I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, this is about a couple years in. I decided to connect myself with other nonprofits. So I also worked with the United Way. Um, I helped uh, some homeless shelter missions down here. We actually had hosted um, events where we gave like free Easter egg hunt events for kids. So I helped plan those and and then connecting the resources, like going to the DJ and saying, hey, you know what? I'm doing this for these kids. I've never seen you work before, but I, I'm interested in learning how you know you operate. And I pay attention to, okay, when you give your time for free, are you dedicated? Are you um, giving me timely responses, professional responses? And then when you DJ, for instance, or photographer for these nonprofit pro bono events, you know, what is the work that's produced from it? So it actually helps them build a portfolio. It helped me build mm-hmm. a portfolio as well. And people don't know that you're what you're worth if they have nothing, no proof to show that you. I can show up and say I'm going to be a wedding planner today and charge you fifteen hundred, but if I have no portfolio, why would you want to buy into me anyway? I actually had to deal with that myself when I first started doing like social media work. Like I would, I would text all these like an email, all these like different startups, and I'd be like, hey, you know, let me do your social media. And they'd always be like, you know, what experience do you have? Like, can we see some of your work? And then once I started, like, at first, like, offering to do some for free and then using that experience to get other people, they were more interested. I feel like when you're first starting, the value of working for free is something that people really need to, like, learn about more and, like, accept more, that there's so much, like, more opportunity to have Mm -hmm. with doing some free work for a while. Oh, yeah. And anyone that comes to me now in the event industry, the first thing that I tell those DJs, photographers, florists, anyone and everyone that comes to me, I ask them, all right, can you support one of the charities for free for me? I need to experience you. I can't just refer you to my clients and I don't have no idea what your work ethic is like. Um, So I actually use it as a tool now to help my nonprofits because I still am heavy, um, heavily operating in the nonprofit world. My company Mm -hmm. actually donates um, bartender service to nonprofit galas. We um, help out with different uh, missions, professional clothing drive for young professionals. We do a lot of different things throughout the year continuously. And what I do is anyone who comes to me now and says, hey, I want to network with you. I want to be one of your, um, you know, referrals or vendors. And I say to them, what are you going to offer for free first? I actually start off with that. I don't just buy in and look at their, I don't even look at their portfolio. I need to work with you directly and this is how I'm going to do it. And we're going to both give back to this nonprofit at the same time. What is the re- like typical reaction you get with that? Like when you tell someone that like the first time they work with you, they're going to have to work for free. Do you get a lot of resentment with that or the people like genuinely understanding? It's a 50 50 for those who are um, thinking that they're too good to do that or work with me for free. Um, they don't work with me. They're not a part of my referral list for the people who are, 
the other 50% that are excited about it. And they, they're a excited about giving back to a mission or a nonprofit because they do get a tax write off from it. Um, and then mm -hmm. when they're excited, they understand the value of increasing, increasing their clientele because as um, a vendor in the industry, that's um, pretty becoming really no have a lot of notoriety in this area, in this market. Um, they recognize the potential for it. Yes, I'm giving something free now, but what you know, what happens when I get ten clients from her? You know, um, what happens when I'm starting to actually make money? It's it just will be well worth it. It's an investment of their time. You know, so the people who realize it have become some of my. Um, most amazing vendors for my clients and my clients love those people because I was able to see the work ethic and then actually vouch for them. It's the value of working for free. Oh, like yeah. even though you're not getting monetary reward at the time, like you're still gaining knowledge, expertise and like future higher benefits, I would assume. And honestly, the people that, like you said, it was 50, 50, like the people that, you know, weren't going to work for free and we're like, I'm too good for that. They obviously weren't going to be the kind of people that you'd want to work with anyway, probably, if they couldn't have the work ethic to do that at first, you know? Yes, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, just like how I feel about it. Like when you're actually trying to get started with a business like that, if you're not willing to do, like if you're not willing to give the client something or if the client feels like they're taking a risk with you, they're probably not going to do it. They're probably going to want more of like a service they can trust. So if you start working for free initially, like, you know, it's so much more helpful for you in the future and you can get clients so much faster that way. You know, you know what? I think we will focus on calling it, let's call it um, investment work, right? So, I like that. you know, because the reality is there is a huge return on it. There's a huge return because you're getting exposure, you're building a portfolio. Now I'll tell you, and anyone and entrepreneurs moving forward in the future, um, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer of internship, um, which is a similar to volunteering. I prefer to do it directly with nonprofit work because there is um, a mission tied to it. It's not just building a portfolio as an intern with the startups, right? But actually mm -hmm. working alongside, so working in social media, like you talked about, going to that nonprofit and saying, hey, I see your social media needs some improvement and making recommendations and saying like, can I help you lead that? Um, you know, and maybe they're able to get more exposure and things like that. You are planting seeds of growth because essentially those nonprofits are going to be connecting with sponsors. They're going to be connecting with people who may say, oh, who did that? That looks amazing. And so a lot of times um, we plant seeds in this investment work that I'm going to call it um, because it sounds better than working for free, you know, and it does, yeah. And, and then you, in turn, are able to, you know, really build um, with any company that you've done this investment work with. You've invested your time into them, you know? Exactly. It leads to, like, benefits in the future, like, especially with the social media you're talking about, which I'll use since, you know, that's my experience. It's like once you start working for free and, like, they see the benefit that you can bring and if you actually can bring that benefit, like, doing a – like working for free for a bit and them seeing the value that you are bringing provides you like puts you in a better position for the future. Like to me, it's a no brainer. And like the more I hear entrepreneurs like furthering that agenda, the more I believe in that kind of investment work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And also, it just shows hard work ethic and that you are willing to go out there. Like, if you're trying to actually succeed in being an entrepreneur, you have to have that kind of work ethic. Exactly. Now, here's a couple of tips I would say across the board for anyone who's going to do this investment work, um, whether it be with a startup company or a nonprofit, I would say get signed disclosures, um, disclaimers or contracts or whatever you want to call it, where... For instance, if you're going to do anything um, dealing with intellectual properties or information that they may want to keep or or um, systems that they may want to utilize in the future, um, having them sign off on a um, being able to give you a recommendation letter like, hey, I would like to do this at the mm-hmm. end. If you're in love with my work and there is no issues, no complaints, please leave me reviews on my website. Um, you know, give me a portfolio signed letter, um, something where I can, you know, say this director, I work with them exclusively. Um, but making sure you put the clauses in there to protect you, because I have encountered on occasion where you did maybe have amazing work. You, maybe you got something out of it either it was clients or, you know, portfolio work, but the letters of recommendation of who you connected with and, you know, pictures and things like that, where you're in the office working with them or whatever kind of intellectual properties that you can retain, making sure you have a clause in there saying that you're expecting it because putting it out there and upfront um, will help you be able to continuously build your portfolio. And then you're not wondering like, hmm, I wonder if this is okay to post on my social media that I help them. So typically if I'm going to post about any nonprofits I work with, they know in advance, I'm going to share it. I'm going to talk about how I help them. I'm going to talk about what their struggles were, what, what were their areas of opportunity for growth and how we overcame them. I'm going to actually talk about it and be transparent. They know what working with me, that that's what they're going to get. And it's not a surprise or it's not someone trying to, you know, take me to court later either. (laughs) Exactly. You have everything worked out where you are able to do that. How, I want to ask, how exactly do your clients normally feel about that? Like people that you're working with, how do they feel about you posting on social media and like you, like doing that with them? Uh, I asked for a um, permission. Um, in advance, mm-hmm. and I have an electronic one that I have them sign. So typically, um, what I would I I like to ask, and I like to say, hey, this is what I'm what I'm thinking and set an expectation up front. And then I do have some that don't want me to share. They want it to be private. They're um, you know not necessarily interested in um, having to you know be vocal about what growth opportunities they had. So those are the clients that I will consider if I want to take them on because of it, because I know that um, I'm looking to grow and to build and I want to make sure that it's not just a good fit for them. They're receiving, but I'm receiving as well. It's, it's okay to just make sure that it's in line with your goals. And sometimes I have to say no to people um, about what kind of work they're looking for, because it just doesn't align with my goals. I've actually taken um, a step back from a few clients because they it didn't align with my goals anymore. I do want to quickly like give you the credit you deserve with that. Like with putting all that on social media, like what basically your hurdles and how you overcame that. That's actually a genius move on your part mm-hmm. like putting that out there. So like when other people want to work with you, they can look at that and like see how you overcame these things. Like that's just a genius move. Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of times, 
And I, and I will tell you, one of the, the entrepreneurs that I absolutely have watched heavily over the last two years, that even some of the comments influenced me to finally make the, the, the leap and quit my corporate job was watching Gary Vee. Um, I was I was listening to him talk about, um, you know, not worrying about judgment and not worrying about, you know, what you're going through and, and, and that you know, there's other people out there that's going to judge you and things like that. But if you're going the right track and you're doing what you love and you enjoy, like, then, you know, it's worth living for. So I actually personally downgraded my lifestyle back in 2018, went and got a smaller apartment. I was living at the beach. I no longer live at the beach still. Um, You know, I went and I made some sacrifices so that I could see myself level up. And I'm, I'm thankful that I did those things. But now once I heard that from him and I do definitely check in with his Instagram and his social media and watch some of his podcasts and all kinds of things over the year, I don't always have time, but I like to check in and see what he's talking about. Um, But that transparency has been amazing amazing outlet for me to vent as well. It helps me. And then I've had people who've read it and said, you know, wow, I felt like I was the only one feeling like this, you know, like having these struggles and being going through these problems. So they've been able to connect better with that. Was there any worry with that? Like when you were, you know, downgrading your apartment, moving from the beach, like all basically banking on the idea of like, succeeding through you mm-hmm. was there a lot going on with that like whether was there a lot of stress ever did you ever not believe you could do it that you had made a mistake was like how was your mindset at the time my mindset was um it, it went back and forth so i saw this crazy chart where it had like peaks and valleys right so it was like all the way at the top i'm, I'm doing great and then all the way at the bottom like oh my gosh what did i decide to do why did i do this and even over this last year mm-hmm. i'm actually coming up on my anniversary today marks 11 months since i quit my corporate job um Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And and I have no need or want to go back. <laughs> or um, So I'm not <laughs> going back. Uh, but as I enter this anniversary, I look back at the months, my first six months out the box. I mean, I probably on the 12th of every month, I was probably like crying in my car. Like, mm-hmm. why did I do this? And, um, <laughs> you know, thinking to myself, like, you know, I left a very high paying salary job, had a life that was, I was traveling, you know, different countries multiple times a year. I was really happy with the benefits, but I was really unhappy for the glass ceiling that I had. So um, what I would do when I was, you know, preparing and getting, and then over this last year, I would make sure to constantly protect my peace um, because what I what I feel is a lot of times the only reason we start thinking negatively is because of what we're absorbing. Like, what are you reading? What are you agree. listening to? Who are you talking to that's talking all about this foolishness that's saying, why did you do this? And why? they don't understand. And so my family, even I had family members now, they're like, oh, my, my niece, oh, my granddaughter's so great. And they were like, no, like, what are you doing? Don't leave this job. Like, you're crazy. Don't, because they don't understand. But I was actually just about to ask about that, like how you, like your family and friends took that like decision, because I feel like to people that, you know, aren't our, our entrepreneurs that are looking from the outside, it often looks crazy, the decisions that entrepreneurs mm-hmm. make, like when they decide to leave a good, steady corporate oh, yeah. job, 
I was actually about to ask how your like family felt about it. Was it was extremely challenging um, because they, you know, they saw everything that I was doing. I mean, I want to tell you, I was working as a wedding coordinator, running a staff business. I was running myself into the ground trying to do all three. And so, uh, and still making the time to volunteer. <laughs> so uh, it was oh, a wow. very um, difficult. I actually got really sick. And my family, they were like, you know, they were seeing the growth, you know, they were seeing it. There was, was not my, the money I was making was not equal to what I was making at the corporate world, um, at the time that I left. And now it is, and I'm thankful that I'm able to, you know, be in this position. Um, but they all said to me, like, you know, we need to be, um, in steady income and things like that. Now I'll tell you my story is a lot different than a lot, a lot of other people because being, um, a minority woman, a woman <laughs> in my family <laughs> is very, um, old school, very, um, I have family who, you know, went through segregated times. So, being someone that's a minority and having to hear my family talk about the challenges of even being able to get a job, let alone start a business was crazy to them. They thought, you know, I, you know, you're crazy. Why would you go and do this? Because you know how hard I had to work. You know, my grandmother was, um, you know, uh, had a very high paying salary job when she left and she retired and she needed the Equal Opportunities um, Acts to get those jobs. And so um, to her thinking about how laws had to be passed just for her to get the job that I don't even want was, was nuts to her. And, and my family, were they were not supportive at all. And so I actually had to tell them, and which was very hard for me. I said, you know, if you're not going to be positive, I'm going to limit my time with you, even my family, because... I didn't want to hear any toxic influence. I knew that this was my vision. It's not their vision. That's why they can't see it. Two of like two things stuck out at me there. One, you basically not caring what other people think. Like, oh, not caring is probably not the right word, but not letting that mm -hmm. stop you. Like, not letting doubters and other people like hold you back, especially coming from your family, especially since like the resentment you got and like the doubting you got and like people not believing in you necessarily like the to the extent that you got it is probably more than i would say mm -hmm. most people trying to be an entrepreneur would get like that's so much more resentment than like the fact that you were, were able to overcome that and not give into that just speak miles and another thing that's stuck out about like to me about you is your work ethic like throughout this whole podcast, really, like your work ethic, the fact that you're able to do so much work, especially with not receiving as much monetary value as like before, but even doing mm -hmm. more work, like the fact that you're able to keep going with that and like keep believing and mm -hmm. like keep pushing, like to me, that's just incredible. I appreciate that. So my, my little secret on it is um, I once was someone who needed that assistance and needed volunteers. So my mother and I, um, when I was in middle school, we were homeless. And so, of course, you can imagine they, when they see me leaving a great job, they're like, all that you've come through and now you want to go and be a business owner. Right. So um, we, you know, I, I didn't really start talking about that experience until I got to my mid to late 20s because I was embarrassed for a long time about the fact that my family struggled the way that we did and that 
Um, you know, we needed those things. I was the kid that received the clothes that you donated to a shelter. I was that kid. And mm-hmm. I remember the first time I ever got a paying job, it was under the table. I was helping bust tables. And it's funny, I now have a serving company. <laughs> I was busting tables for caterers <laughs> and they would pay me $50 cash a night. And it would be school nights and things like that because I wanted things and I couldn't get them. My family couldn't afford them. And so I was um, constantly um, receiving some mentorship from the volunteers that would come to the locations. And then after we we went, we got into housing and things like that. And I would still have um, amazing teachers that were in the school systems that knew why I wasn't good in school because um, they knew that I was mm-hmm. still, I was working um, and I was not actually focused on my studies because I was trying to help my, my household out. So I had a, a lot of struggle, a lot of struggle that a lot of people, they don't experience that are in this position that I'm in right now. And so um, it, it drove me. And now I know that I, not only does my past not determine my future, but now I can go into the shelters and I can connect with them better than anyone else. Because when they find out that I had that past, that history, they tell me how they feel hope. They tell me about. Mm-hmm. Do you think with your, do you think with your past, it made you, like, do you think that's why you love volunteer work so much and like yeah, love doing this so exactly much? That's exactly why. And um, so my latest project I started in the summer. So over the last six years, the last six years, I actually started um, working as like a, a volunteer recruiter and I took it a step further and I was helping professionals, other professionals connect with volunteer jobs that were in line with helping people with interview skills that were, had financial hardships and kind of connecting more mentors with more kids, more teenagers, more young adults who didn't have an education and things like that. So what I was doing was through that program, I was able to um, volunteer my time by just connecting. So I didn't have to do all of it by myself because it's a lot to mentor a lot of people. (laughs) Um, And then (laughs) last year we started a professional development committee for one of the um, shelters that has like a vocational training. And we teach them about not just interview skills, but like cognitive thinking skills, all of the things that I had a mentor teach me. I'm paying it forward like times 10. Like I'm just continuously just sewing into everyone else because I know how, what that meant for me. I, everyone told me I was rough around the edges 10 years ago, an interview like this could never have been imagined, not just by me, but my family and friends. Cause you know, I, I'm, I grew up in New York and I'm a little rough around the edges <laughs> still, but I had a mentor <laughs> who helped me think about fine tuning what I say, not just how I, you know, not just what I say, but how I say it and my responses and that everything didn't deserve, deserve a response and that, you know, that helped me a lot. And so now I'm just constantly going and talking to a lot of youth and young adults. And the thing is, my program even has people who are in their fifties. Okay. They're, they're in their fifties. I actually, um, connected with a man who was in his fifties and my mentor, he actually comes and volunteers now with my program as well. He wrote that man's first resume. He was 56 years old, never had a resume. There are people in this country who do not have the resources, the mentorship program. And I'm just very fortunate and blessed that I had it. So now I'm like, 
man, and you you need this advice and you need that advice. <laughs> like Oprah, like you get a car and you get a car, but no, it's just advice. <laughs> so that's actually amazing though, that like you had someone in your life that did so much for you and like instead of just you know, accepting that and going, you're like, wait, I can do this for other people. Like, I can be this person that he, like, the, your mentor was for you. Like, that's yeah, actually incredible. It's been, it's been an amazing journey, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. I can say that. Very, very amazing one of that. Like, I feel like, I feel like your story is so important for, like, other people out there wanting to be an entrepreneur, especially people that don't think they can or, like, you know, feel like they couldn't handle, you know, the doubt or especially like in their family. They like, feel like your story is so inspirational to like so many people thinking of taking the step into going entrepreneurship that just haven't yet or feel like they can't. Like, I feel like it's amazing that you get I, to tell I your story. I appreciate the opportunity to share it. And I mean, I'm sure there's going to be um, lots more um, of those kind of things. I hope to write more blogs and things like that when, when I get more administration mm -hmm. help. <laughs> um, I'm a little bit busy these days, <laughs> but I um, I look forward and I appreciate these kind of opportunities to share because if I can just touch one person, I'm happy with that because I'll tell you, I don't think that my mentor, I mean, he sees me today and he's like, you're a totally different person, not like a not in a bad way, but just like you're so you've grown so fast just by having someone give you that advice at a younger age instead of, um, you know, mentoring you later in life. You you can you achieve so much more than most people would ever have imagined. So I'm thankful for that and, and be able to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he must be so insanely like impressed with you, like especially lately as a you know, successful businesswoman as someone who's like overcome all the obstacles like he's been trying to help you with like he must be yeah, so he, proud of he you is. Right he, now. We, we work side by side still so um he was my manager in the corporate world um and he um it was funny out of all the corporate jobs you know most people don't connect with their manager but he would see me having these fundraisers and these volunteer events and he would come and volunteer and at first it's funny i didn't like him <laughs> i thought he was annoying <laughs> I thought he was annoying. And I told him, I said, the first few times that we interacted, I said, Hey, you know what? I don't like your jokes because I don't know you that well. Like, I, because I, again, I was very rough around the edges. Most people would not say that to their manager. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so um, he would come and just continuously support everything I was doing. I wouldn't see other managers do it. And I was like, wait a minute, maybe he's not that bad. And then I started really listening to him. And then he started giving me feedback. And, and sometimes it hurt. Oh man, he would tell me things and I would be pissed off for like days <laughs> and I wouldn't talk to him at work. And I would be like, who are you to tell me this? And then I would start to see the, how, you know, what he was overcoming in the corporate world. Um, and so it was just, he just gave me so much insight. So now we work side by side and he's just, sometimes he just looks at me and just goes, damn, you, you got, you're really on it. <laughs> and he is, um, He's 60. So I'm 33 years old now and he's 60 and we are like best friends. I mean, we talk about things in business and we, and we're like always on the same page. We're in mean, it's we're in sync. So he helps me um, thrive still to this day. He's a part of our business. Um, so he partnered with me on the staffing business. So, yeah, it's been amazing. <laughs> oh, that is actually like that's 
so awesome they end up par yeah. like partnering with you. I kind of what you're saying, like with managers, especially like that, like most of them wouldn't go out there and volunteer, you know, with their employee. Like most mm -hmm. of them wouldn't take that step and actually do that and like yeah, help yeah. someone out. And like I that. could just, and he was a, he was a, a really liked manager as well. So um, he, he left the corporate world and we, we left together and now we're, you know, constantly working. We go to business meetings and we sit in coffee shops together and, you know, we um, have conference calls still, just like we did back in the days when we worked in the corporate world. <laughs> <laughs> but there's one difference. Like now you're doing something that mm -hmm. you immensely love. And it's like, I feel like when you have something like that and you make money through that, it's just, it's so, like, you're so much happier making that money than before that it's just, yeah, like, it's yeah. incredible, it's, it's really. It's an amazing journey. <laughs> yep. Awesome. I bet. So do you, um, do you use tools like LinkedIn and everything like to connect with different people? Yes, in the I field? use all of um, the tools. So for the um, LinkedIn, my company, All About You Staffing, they ha it has its own LinkedIn business page. And so some of my employees, they are um, listed on there. So that highlights and gives some exposure. Um, I could definitely get better at posting more often. Um, but at LinkedIn is definitely a value added tool because you know, it's there for business and no other reasons. Like sometimes when you get Facebook and Instagram foolishness. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. um, I definitely use that. Oh yeah. Like platforms like that. It's so like, it, they're, they're like platforms like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything. Like the experiences you have on there are so much different than oh, like yeah. LinkedIn. Like all platforms are important, but they're just oh, very yeah. different it's, places. It's a great platform to have for sure. So I think um, overall, it's a, it's a value add for all businesses. Um, and what we're looking to do, you know, um, to connect with other vendors and be being a staff solution for other companies as well. So yeah, that's another thing that I really I respect about you is that you know not only are you like maintaining your business, but you also have like a social media presence. You know, you are out there blogging and sharing it. Mm -hmm. You know, I met you through Twitter. Like you are going out there and like basically branding yourself online, which is, you know, absolutely incredible. It's something I believe every business should do. Have you had a lot of like benefits from using social media and like using I have, social media um, business? I started, I started by doing, um, uh, turning my Instagram page, my personal one. I got a lot of, um, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm limited now. I will tell you, I'm a Snapchat fan. So I, because it's temporary, I don't have to worry about captions and things like that because that's very permanent captions are. So, um, I like, I like, <laughs> I I like Instagram. I turned it into a business page and I went <laughs> and made a Facebook business page. So I've been trying to lure some of my business connects away from my personal Facebook and going into the business Facebook and then also a business Instagram for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and it has made a huge impact and I think um, making people want to connect. So I, I'm glad when you asked, because I think that um, me trying to brand just as a, as a developer, someone helping people, connecting with other businesses, owners as well about streamlining processes, all kinds of things. It's helped me create another, you know, potential stream of income because I do help other um, with some um, business consulting sometimes as well. Um, so that I can teach yeah. them. Yeah, I saw that. 
on your um like when I went on like your Twitter page, you know, like I saw the consulting where you're doing like business developing and like all that, you know, with the business mm-hmm. you already have and like using all these platforms. Like to me it's incredible. Like like you were saying, it's like you have another like potential mm-hmm. revenue source opening. And it's it's incredible that like you thought that far and were like able so like yes, de- do well, I I'm definitely always thinking about like what the next five years is, and I and I think any if I gave in any advice ever, I always tell people, um, even though we a lot of times we'll use oh I just have a small following or I just have a small business right now, treat it like you have a big one. What happens when it gets big? Are you catching playing catch up? Or are you already working as if you have a big mm-hmm. one? So a big following, a lot of business, a huge business. So typically everything I've done with the staffing business and, um, you know, in, in events industry um, in general, I have been working and operating as though um, I've already in five years from now, instead of operating as um, I am right now. And I think a lot of people, they don't think about, five-year strategies in 10 years and thinking about, okay, well, in five years, I want to be doing this. Well, start doing it now because maybe it'll happen in two years instead of the five years if you start working on any best practices that are going to take you to that next level. So I think about um, more opportunities. I would love to have more opportunities down the line to connect with um, more youth mentor programs, things like that. So I'm already, and I do help some businesses that are here local in in Jacksonville, Florida, but I'm I'm hoping that um, as I grow it, I can also start connecting with um, more programs across the country. That that is um, a five-year goal for myself. Yeah. See, that's one thing that I find impressive. It's like a lot of people, when they, you know, start getting successful and like have a business, they work on maintaining. Some people work on you know, expanding and you're kind of out there doing both. Like you're maintaining your business and like growing that business and also looking at other revenue sources. And I think that's, you know, absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for coming on this show. Like I feel like your story is really, I feel like your story is really going to connect with a lot of people and really help a lot of people, you know, learn entrepreneurship and like believe in themselves and believe that they can make it. And also like give people like ways how with Mm -hmm. the investment working and like going out there and networking. Like, I feel like, I feel like you have done a lot to help or that through your story and like through what you have shared on this podcast today, that there's a lot of people listening that are going to be able to use this in their lives. So I want to thank you thank so you much for, for coming on the show. Me. I appreciate it. Real quick, would you like to shout out, you know, some of your platforms for like people um, yes, to follow you my- on? Business Instagram, Facebook is where it talks about more of the entrepreneur journey, not my actual business, but me as a as a person who wants to be a mentor. It's um, at Jade's Quest, so J A D E S, and then Quest. Um, and my blog is uh, jadesquest.com. And I look forward to being able to, you know, connect with anyone and everyone who's kind of like wanting to talk about what they're going through. It's it's just going to be a great platform for me in the future to help more people. <laughs> Thank you so much. I encourage everyone listening to this to go follow her on these platforms. Like, obviously, from what y'all have heard, she's obviously knows a lot about what she's doing. And she actually 
you know, you're someone who actually like says that and like says they can help people and actually cares about doing it too, which I think is like, I think makes you so like appealing to like go to for like advice and mentorship because you actually care and you actually genuinely want people to succeed. And like, really, I just think it's incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show. As usual, subscribe to this podcast, whatever platforms that you are listening on. Y'all can personally follow me at CWT Business on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. And that's all for this episode. Bye. Thank Thank you. you for coming on the show, Jade.